Baseball player Brian Ruby made headlines in 2021 when he came out in USA Today, making him the only openly gay professional ball player at that time. That same year, he started the nonprofit Proud to Be in Baseball, which advocates for the next generation of LGBTQ people in baseball. Brian is also a country singer-songwriter who just released his first EP, and he's here today to chat with us about all of that and more. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you. I'm so interested in talking to you because you've had an amazing or a, a very interesting um, start to this decade. I mean, it's been a, a challenging decade um, for a lot of reasons in this world, pandemic, wars, all this sort of stuff. But for you personally, you've also had a lot of inner stuff and professional stuff happening in your life. In 2021, you came out in USA Today, making yourself the only active professional ball player at any level to have come out. Mm -hmm. And this year you released your first EP, Diamonds Are Forever. Let's go back in time and kind of make our way to the present. And you're a kid, you're growing up, you're playing baseball, your whole family is a sporting family, correct? Correct. We're all athletes, <laughs> five of us, yeah. So basically, like you were, baseball was something you were, you're probably born with a baseball bat or a glove in your hand, practically, right? Pretty much. I mean, my dad was a ball player back in the day. We like to tease him back in the dark ages, we say, dinosaur era. Uh, <laughs> but he's a he's a high school baseball coach back home. And I was always kind of gravitated towards sports. And that was what I did. And I would play music, too. But music, there was always a little bit more pressure around sports, just kind of growing up with that expectation and stuff. And with music, Music was my passion, so it was more just for fun to start and something that I just enjoyed doing. And I didn't really know, maybe this is, sounds stupid, but I didn't know any musicians growing up. I, you know, nobody in my family or friends really played an instrument. And um, so just kind of like my passion. But yeah. I've always been kind of a combo of like sports and music. And even to this day, like we're still kind of doing that, which is which is wild decades later. I have two daughters, 16 and 20, and they've been playing softball since they were little and they're still playing softball. The older one is is on her college team. And so at what point does playing sports, playing baseball become a, a pastime or a hobby to something that really becomes a chosen career for you? Yeah, probably in like getting into high school, like when you start thinking like, okay, I want to like I always had, I always would watch major league baseball games on TV as a kid and dream about doing that one day, you know, but it doesn't really become like real until you're, I guess in high school, kind of like getting ready, you want to get recruited, you want to mm -hmm. get scouted. Um, that's kind of when it sort of ramps up a little bit. And for full disclosure, I'm not a major league baseball player. I was not a major leaguer was a low level independent pro player more like towards the minor league side um so i'm not the type of guy who's like playing on espn and making millions of dollars <laughs> but it's still my passion and it's still like what i love to do and i got to play five years of of pro baseball and i feel really lucky to have been able to do it you know and but it all started kind of in in high school, I would say when you're when you're ramping up and you're like getting ready to to gear up for that. Are you playing currently right now, or uh, have you devoted 
your time completely 100% to country music at the moment? So I just finished up playing. So this summer was like my last kind of hurrah <laughs> in the baseball world and got to go overseas a little bit, playing some tournaments and really wrap things up. And I think that I would like, I do have some opportunities to continue playing ball, but at this point I'm pretty dead set on music is the path. And this EP that I just released, I know we're going to talk about it more in a little bit, but it's called Diamonds Are Forever. And the point was, it's kind of wrapping up the baseball chapter. And I wanted to almost make like a concept album about, which is a little weird to make a concept album for like your first kind of little piece of music, but I was coming from that world. And so I wanted to create a piece of music that could really, if you follow the storylines and the songs throughout the EP, like play through all of it and and all of it would fit at a stadium to be like kind of ballpark music that sort of vibe so you know they have like elevator music and and uh, jazz music and well i wanted to do ballpark music you know and and that's kind of what that was but i mean it's it's a lifetime of stories wrapped up into a couple songs and it all started from when i was younger and yeah. i listened to your ep on spotify yesterday and i mean i i loved all the double entendres so all of that, you know, was, I thought it was so beautiful because you can relate to it without having even ever stepped on uh, a baseball field. But if you know baseball, you can appreciate the duality of all those songs. The, all those songs are uh, ballpark country, but if you actually dig into the lyrics, it's it's cool because a lot of them, they may have baseball sports or sports type titles, but it's actually like if you, my debut single left field, is more about life than about yes. baseball. You know, it's it's using that as like a, a lens almost. And so I'd use a lot of, I mean, I'm a song, Nashville songwriter. So that's the double entendre, the double meaning, like the yes. lyrics, twists and turns. That's kind of, I, I love that stuff, but. Me but, too. I, yeah. I, that's why I love country music because it's storytelling with a, a, a lot of that double entendre and I just I love listening to it you know country music they love hard they drink hard they 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 heartbreak hard they <laughs> yeah, live life hard you really get your feelings like poured out and like it's very therapeutic in a way you know I yeah. I, I love it country music is is the heart and soul you know it's three chords and the truth and my EP is my truth it's it's where i started growing up on the ball field and bringing everything forward to present day and and it's looking forward to to what's next but also looking back in like a sentimental kind of way and it's just authentic i i don't want to copy anybody as an artist you know there's a lot of people in nashville who who want to be the next uh whoever's popular at the moment luke combs or morgan wallen or carrie underwood or whatever yeah. And I honestly just don't like I want to I certainly have my influences. Don't get me wrong, but I just want to do my thing and be authentic to me and make my music. And it, it is I would call it country, you know, but this EP was kind of like country rock vibes. But I don't want it to be like limited by genre. You very much feel country right now. But but if there's something in other veins that I want to sing, I'm I'm down for that. And um but I just want to be like the through line of when you look at like Brian Ruby as an artist, I just want to be known as like an authentic guy who's singing real songs. 
I uh, was talking to a, fil a filmmaker, first time filmmaker, not too long ago, and he has he's had a very high profile photography career um and um when he made his film I was talking to him and he said I feel like my entire life has led to this filmmaking moment because he's beginning this new chapter as a filmmaker and uh but the whole world has known him as a photographer and and I thought it was so interesting that this thing that he was known for all the famous people that he's photographed in the magazine covers that for him the film that he had made, all of that photography led up to that. And he truly feels like a filmmaker. And it sounds to me like a little bit like all your moments in baseball, that entire life has led to this particular moment with the yeah. transition uh, to country music. Yeah, it's that's a really cool point. I mean, I really do believe like if, you know, when I set out in, when I was dreaming about being a major league baseball player, you, you have no, <laughs> that's really the focus. Like, and you have no concept of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in Nashville making country music one day, you know, but I truly believe all of that has happened for a reason. And like, it led to this and um, it all kind of started, I guess, well, in baseball, because we have a lot of time when you're on the road and you play at night you play at like 7 p.m under the lights and you have all day so a lot of people are playing xbox or whatever i was playing my guitar and messing around and writing songs and that just kind of turned into like a couple hundred songs later here we are in nashville doing it for real and i relocated to nashville after my first pro season in 2019 because i'm originally from pennsylvania mm. so i had a little bit of experience um like i had a band back home we would play bars coffee shops um nothing really <laughs> that fancy um open mics i would go to an open mic every thursday night and you they'd let you play one song maybe two if you were lucky and i would do that and we entered our local battle of the vans competition and I started making trips to Nashville and kind of meeting songwriters and learning about songwriting and going back home and trying it myself. And then finally uh, got linked up with a producer in New York City. And I went up there just for a couple of weeks and got to work with him and on and writing a couple songs that ended up in some commercials on uh, Nesson, New England Sports Network. And that was cool. And I really got the songwriting bug. And I was like the country guy there in New York City for like a hot minute, like six weeks, really not that long. <laughs> uh, and then I realized, you know, I've, I'm the country guy in New York City. Like I got to be in Nashville. Yeah. And so I re packed up my truck, loaded everything in. There's a great song by Tim McGraw, uh, written by Jesse Alexander, great songwriter here in Nashville called Damn Country Music. And it's about packing up and moving all your stuff and living, you know, I slept on a futon when I first got here and I was in a house with like five guys and it was kind of a little dumpy, let's just say. Um, that's part of life. But those are the, the, I mean, you can, you, that's the stuff you romanticize years later. And when you look yeah. back at that time and go, wow, like, you yeah. know, you just didn't know anything. And if you did, you may not have done it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you don't know. It's like a leap of faith. 
you I would hear about this musician's playing at this bar tonight and so I would go and try to meet people and was definitely more of a songwriter for other artists before becoming an artist myself I've written like 22 or 23 songs that have been recorded by different country singers here nobody really big just every time I go home my mom's like when is when's Blake Shelton going to record one of your stuff? <laughs> and I'm like mom I'm working on it okay <laughs> My, don't worry know. mom it's coming it's coming yeah. don't worry <laughs> when is somebody i actually know gonna record one of your songs all right mom but maybe what i say is like maybe blake shelton isn't gonna record one of my songs who knows but maybe the next blake shelton will well maybe you will record those maybe, songs yeah, maybe and sing them <laughs> and you will be you know definitely in the last year i've been i've been releasing songs of my own and the whole project that i just put out has been my transition into being an artist myself so yeah right now like i even loathe bringing up you coming out in usa today in 2021 because it feels so trite now like it just feels like you're doing all these amazing things and i don't want to talk about something that would just pigeonhole you and uh, in this way but that was a very big moment in in 2021 when you decided to come out and it was a very important moment. Um, so what led you to do that when you did and what made you choose USA Today as the place to do it? Yeah, good question. And first of all, it's that's an important question to ask because, and I know that you everybody, well, recently, as I've been doing more stuff, like people have said exactly what you said, why pigeonhole, but but the flip side of that is somewhere out there, because of the people who follow me or the people who follow you, there's some kid or someone who's going to hear the story and is going to feel like they're not alone anymore. You know what I mean? That's why I came out publicly, came out as gay while I was playing pro baseball in 2021, was the only active pro player to come out at the time. There have been seven or eight guys who have come out since in uh, college baseball and pro baseball and and we have a charity called Proud to Be in Baseball that supports the next generation of LGBTQ people in my sport. Um, so we're doing stuff. And I founded that um, on National Coming Out Day. We launched in 2021. So it's been about two years. So that's going well. But I decided to come out because when I was a kid playing ball, just like we talked about, dreaming, watching games on TV, dreaming of becoming a pro baseball player and listening to country music, I looked around and couldn't see anybody like me and they say if you can see it you can be it and I I was always would wonder is there anybody else like me who plays baseball and I felt so alone which is ridiculous because 16 million people play baseball around the world 16 million so obviously I wasn't alone but when you I did some googling and and couldn't find any active baseball players who were like me and it just created a lot of isolation and loneliness. And ironically, I mean, I guess I kind of turned to music to kind of combat that. And music always made me just feel better, just playing music. And But back to baseball, um, I decided to come out because, one, I was just sick and tired of having to live a double life and having to hide part of myself. It's just one part of myself, like you said, and country singer, baseball player, um, out and proud gay guy you know um, I like this kind of food and I do this on the weekends and it's just it's like one part of me but 
it was important for me because I felt like at my job, I was hiding and I felt like I wasn't coming out because I was afraid of losing my job in baseball. There's two things that I'm most proud of. I couldn't care less about the media attention that came from it. I, I, I am most proud of the fact that number one, I was able to keep my job in the sport and continue playing baseball up till basically this year when I, I decided on my terms that I was done. So I, I proved that even at my small little independent pro league level, that it was possible to be out and just live your life and keep your job, which is really basic. But in baseball, that was a statement, you know, and hopefully the next guy takes the baton and runs a little bit farther with it than me. And the second thing that I'm most proud of out of all that is that we've been able to create this charity and I've been able to do interviews just like this and press and stuff. And each one of these that we do, our charity gets a message from somebody and you, it could be a kid. It could be a parent of an LGBTQ kid somewhere or anybody. Um, and helping that next generation feel like they're not alone. Like I felt when I was growing up. Yeah, baseball and or sports in general just have a very poor track record with uh, LGBTQ. And um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I live in LA and the LA Dodgers have their own shameful history. Tommy Lasorda never acknowledged that his son, Tommy Lasorda Jr. was gay yeah. and wouldn't admit that his son died from AIDS. And, and when when Junior became friends with um, Glenn Burke, uh, it really rankled Tommy Lasorda, yeah. uh, and uh, and Glenn Burke was not accepted by Tommy Lasorda Senior. And I I read that story when because when I was younger and googling gay baseball player, I found people like Glenn Burke, like Billy Bean, major leaguers who had come out after they retired, and I was I would question, I would say, why did it? Why did these guys? come out after come out publicly after they retired you know glenn burke kind of came out sort of privately i guess in within baseball while he was yes. playing was yeah because they offered him a bonus if he married a woman <laughs> yeah they offered him a lot of money to <laughs> which is crazy yeah but that was the world that it was and there was this quote that i read because i read the the glenn burke book i'm not a big reader but when i found something that i was that connected to me um I read it and he, there was a quote in there where he said, coming out is baseball suicide. You're going to lose your job and you're never going to be able to play again. And I lived and I, that quote never left me. Of course, the book was written in like the eighties. So that was a way different time. But if you look at the people since, since he said that there really hasn't been that much to really kind of no examples, no, uh, no no path to follow i mean when i was thinking about coming out like i was like it's the 2020s like this has to be possible yeah like it needs to like we have gay marriage and lgbtq people are are i guess slowly gaining rights in in some places let's say this has to be possible when you dig into the history of of lgbtq stuff in baseball it's not a great history um, yeah. but we're trying to change that the thing that makes my heart break for you when you read the quote that, you know, coming out as baseball suicide is that 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 you read that 
it was a quote from the eighties, but you're reading it. What in the night, in the, you know, uh, 2000s, right. 2010. And, and to you, that scares you and it makes you keep it in. But the thing is, is you, you need those 14 year olds today to read quotes that say you can come out and keep your job. And um, maybe if you saw a quote that said that you would have been able to do that sooner. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think everything happens for a reason. Like I came out well, so I came out privately to yes. my friends and family on a smaller level when I was 21. So I, I have been kind of out, um, but it, it was just kind of the public thing because of the job and the and the bigger platform of that kind of stuff. And I was kind of scared of that because I'm a pretty private guy and just kind of wanted to live my life. What's kind of cool is that I guess by coming out when I did, I had already gained a little bit of traction in music with not really with my artist stuff myself, but with writing songs for other people. A couple of the songs had done well. Like we had one song on the Texas country chart and um, that I co-wrote and another one on that was like top 15 on the iTunes country chart. So get starting to get some traction and a little bit of, of momentum in Nashville. And I guess it was kind of like doubly cool for me to be able to show that somebody who not just played baseball, but also did country music could come out because it's that almost like inspires a whole nother crop of people who who may not see a lot of representation. And to be honest, there has been more representation in country music than baseball, way more. Yes. Um, trailblazers like Shelly Wright, Ty Herndon, uh, Brooke Eden, more recently, um, Brothers Osborne, TJ Osborne came out, Lily Rose. Um, there, there are more examples, but I guess it's it's kind of been cool for me to to kind of take up the mantle in both of those things. And um, I got to do a duet, and it's the last song on the EP yeah. called "The Standouts" with Ty yeah. Herndon, who was a real tra- trailblazer here in Nashville for the LGBTQ community, and. I wanted to end the EP with that song to kind of show like almost pay tribute to, to different standouts. And, and it's, it was just kind of a very meaningful way to wrap up the, the record. Did you want to come out because you were, you were gaining traction you, you uh, in, in both of your, the careers were both kind of coming to a head. And did you choose to come out when you did so that someone wouldn't, do it for you through social media or a comment here or there? Yeah, I definitely felt like I didn't want to be outed, you know, and I didn't want to, I just felt like it was time. Like I was sick and tired of living two lives, one at home and one at work. You know, it's exhausting, kind of it's juggling. And mm-hmm. and it's kind of living a lie, although I wasn't really directly lying to anyone. Um yeah, but I you would, always have to like be careful that you don't say something like you don't right. reference like my boyfriend to someone who right. would be like, what boyfriend? Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's more like watching, making sure that you're on two different tracks and that those tracks don't cross connect. And that's hard. That's taxing on the brain. Mentally, emotionally taxing. And at that point was at the beginning of of a beautiful relationship and when you meet someone, you know, it's everybody thinks 
like LGBTQ stuff. And I hate when it becomes political. Mm -hmm. I hate when there's venom in the media and in reality, it's about love. Like you fall in love. That's, and that's kind of why I came out. (laughs) Like when you meet somebody that you fall in love with and, and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, and I feel like people can relate to that, like, um, and whoever you are and whatever you do and whatever, um, like sexual orientation you are, that's what it's about. That's like the power of love. Love is so strong that that's what it took to make you come out and, and publicly claim your identity. Because also at the end of the day, it's about identity. And we all have different identities. Your identity is baseball. Your identity is singer-songwriter. Your identity is being somebody's son. Um, And then then you have this other identity, which is, you know, your, whether it's your skin color or your religion or your sexual orientation. And your sexual orientation was something you hadn't claimed yet. And then when you fall in love, like, oh the most beautiful feeling in the world and it's so powerful and that led you to that moment in 2021 and and that's so beautiful and such a testament to the power of love it really is yeah it's and a lot of people I feel like especially here in Tennessee like we've had some pushback for the most part like when I came out it's been 95 percent positive but there's been pushback. Like occasionally I get some messages on social media, call it hate mail, but nobody really mails anything. I read it and I, I see all of it. And I, I sometimes I think like people just don't quite understand, it. you know, I, th- there's a lot of messages from people here in Tennessee. Like, why do you need to come out? Why do you feel like I'm, I'm straight. I don't need to come out, but right. But it's not, <laughs> it's because like the world hasn't, kind of pushed you down pushed people like you down I feel like for the longest time growing up as a closeted gay kid who played sports there was always made to be so much shame on people like me it was always used as the insult when you made a bad play you know don't be a I'm not even going to say it but always used as the insult and that was like the worst thing to be in sports was what we were sort of taught. Well, a lot of what I've had to do in recent years is relearn that and really claim I'm proud of who I am. Um, Pride Month is is not about corporate marketing and selling rainbow T-shirts and seeing how much money you can make. It's It's about people who have been made to feel like there's something wrong with them for a long time. And say no there's nothing wrong with this it's actually beautiful to like fall in love that's kind of what i i say to that and i'll bring it back to the music again with the debut single left field which is the first track on the ep the chorus is gotta be who you are like that was the that was the first song i ever released and the first thing i wanted to say just gotta be who you are like if you, and then here's the rest of the music <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you can dig in and if, if you like it but yeah. but that was like a strong like message that I wanted to lead with and you know hopefully it's not just country music for LGBTQ people I think we have a lot of LGBTQ people who listen to it but the songs are written in a way that it can apply to anybody and I I I feel strongly that I that's kind of who I want to be I want to be somebody who we can rock a a pride concert like we just did in Panama City Beach a couple weeks ago 
uh, shout out Northwest Florida Pride if, if you're listening, uh, or or go up to whatever country music festival in Kansas or Nebraska or wherever, you know, and, and play to a, a crowd of country music fans, yeah. you know, the, the whole across the gambit. And I, I, I want to have songs that everybody can relate to. It's, I, I love that you are always thinking of there's someone out there. There's a 14 year old version of myself out there that could use the help that I'm now doing. But I also think that there is a future self that is counting on you to do what you're doing now and to continue to blaze the trail so that you can do it for that 14 year old. You know, I think you're, I, you know, for me, especially what drives me to get out of bed in the morning is, is the things that I want to accomplish. Like I always say, my future self is counting on me. So if I don't feel like getting out of bed and starting the day or doing that task, I always say, Zoriana, like your future self is counting on you to get this done. Uh, yeah. if you want to achieve that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. All right. My, my future self. All right. I'm going, I'm getting up, I'm doing it. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think in your case, I think your future self is very much counting on, on you to, to release uh, these songs in a way that everyone can relate to as progressive as we have gotten. Sometimes I think we're all a little floored when we feel like the government takes five steps backwards with certain laws and we're just like, what? Like, how, how can that be? But, um, but you know, it's tough to be a trailblazer, right? I mean, I'm lucky because I have, I've been accepted by my family, you know, and my friends. So they're really supportive, which is good. Um, and I've been able to meet other athletes you know, it's cool. Like I, I didn't want to be alone. Like I've been able to meet other athletes who are out and who are like me and just trying to play their sports and keep their jobs and doing the thing. And I'm, the same thing on the music side, I've been able to p meet people, excuse me. I've been able to meet people in Nashville who are doing amazing things. There's a group called um, Rainbow RNBW who does shows every week at a cool little bar called the Lipstick Lounge in, here in East Nashville. I live in East Nashville and they have like the coolest vibe and there are people who are out in the country music community and the Nashville music community um, who, who are already blazing the trail. So it's like, I don't feel like I'm a sole trailblazer. I honestly, I feel like I'm, I'm behind a whole lot of people and that's a good thing. And, you know, yeah grow together and, and grow the community because it, it I did feel like in baseball there was a lot of weight on my shoulders for a while mm. with building the charity and now there's luckily there's more athletes who are out and more people around baseball um, but I I was getting calls from these people um, in sports and, and I sort of felt like I, there was a lot that was on my shoulders I got to remember like it's we're purpose driven. Yes. Like there's a, there's a point to all this. Yes. Um, and, and when it gets to be too much, like if we're at an event and, and we're pushing forward with progress and baseball or something like that, and it doesn't go well, like I always have to, what I've learned over the last two years, cause that happens, come back home, get back to Nashville, 
hang out with my friends, just be like be be a human, like and be around my little community. And yeah, we're pushing for like bigger change, but that's a process. What does that mean when it doesn't go well? Not well is so we do a lot of different events with um, different teams and and um, occasionally like there will be people in positions of power who were somewhere for an event and then all of a sudden like it gets shut down by somebody from higher up because Mm. they don't want lgbtq people around baseball Mm. Um, and that'll be really frustrating because it'll take it takes a lot to coordinate all this stuff and emails and calls and zoom i mean yeah it's it's, the charity is sort of a business we're not making money i'm it's fully volunteer like you know we're not making a profit but we we get donations and we spend the money on different events and and trying to support the community so so it's a lot of work and when we get finally get there and somebody who doesn't want our people there shuts it down it's really frustrating you know so it's and then i'll come back to nashville and be upset and everything and i'll have to kind of level out with music and and get back to my people Mm -hmm. and but there's been less of that there was a little more of that last year um a little bit less this year hopefully next year will be even less so it's like tiny like you said just tiny little baby steps and then you feel like you get a punch to the gut knocked back like you said like how could somebody do this yes and then but then you got to realize like i was listening to this pod other podcast and it was like kind of a motivational thing and the guy was saying you go to the gym for one day you don't necessarily realize that you your body changed or you you feel better but on day 100 you feel you look in the mirror and you say you say wow you know i've been working out like and it's the same thing of course i gotta use like a sports metaphor of course Um, you do but i'm gonna use a music metaphor for you or just like your album diamonds are forever is a culmination of everything that happened your entire sports life from age what seven eight to uh what are you now 20 27 or I just turned 28. 28. Okay, right. So so these decades here, it's sort of like you will one day look back and at, at this time where you're pushing and pushing and pushing and those little increments like and yeah. and see that all of that has led up to all of this big change. I've written a couple hundred songs and I was just at the Country Music Hall of Fame watching uh, they do like these different series on songwriters i was at a thing about luke laird who's a great nashville songwriter written songs for eric church and casey musgraves and little big town and the list goes on carrie underwood and he said he's written something like two thousand songs or maybe three thousand like some ridiculous number and i thought to myself man i i looked at i have a spreadsheet where i have all the songs and i'm at like a couple hundred so really just like the beginning yeah and it's unimaginable for me to think about wow like one day i'm gonna have two thousand songs you know like dolly's a great example she's she's a lifelong songwriter and still she's about to release her um her new album rockstar Mm -hmm. um which is cool um and it's the same thing and i think it's like songwriting is almost like a muscle 
like you have to strengthen it and most of the songs that i write i'll be perfectly honest most of the songs are pretty bad like oh and it's because just you need to get you need to slog through all of it to get a couple where you're like oh my god this could actually be something and and it's a numbers game and like baseball you get a hit three out of ten times that you're really good you're an all-star player in songwriting it's a little worse <laughs> but in baseball and in songwriting, you have to wake up in the morning and get get yourself going and practice. And that's helped me too, because that's what I did for so long. Get up, go to the batting cage, go to the weight room in baseball. And now it's just, I do the same thing, but the, the batting cage is the writer's room. Yes. Like, and we go and we practice and we, and, and it's, it's really the same thing. It's just different different tools, lens different and, tools different lens yeah like basically what i'm saying is i i don't want to be on the flip side of of this in 30 years or 40 years and think i had a shot and i didn't give it my all mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i mean i want to mm -hmm. take advantage of it and yeah. it creates a lot of motivation motivation yes. to go out to the bar and meet country singers the one song that I wanted to ask you about is the John Fogarty song that you, um, uh, Centerfield, right? How did you, I mean, how did you get permission? Was that hard? And by the way, I love your rendition. I love Ooh. it so much. Um, so, and, and has John Fogarty heard your rendition? He has, which was wild, but I will tell that story. So permission wise, we, I kind of took a risk. I spent some money on going in the studio and recording the song and didn't have permission yet. Uh -huh. And I will say that first, I took a risk. I did it. I paid for it and was counting on the fact that we were going to do a good job and I was going to have to get permission on the back end. And I did. And we are my distributor got a cover song license, so I'm legally allowed to do it. Um, because technically he's the songwriter, so he he gets a portion of the royalties from it, as he should, because he wrote the songs, great song. And I was process for creating that song was I love it. It's it's part of the baseball country kind of canon of songwriting. And I was about to do this baseball country diamonds are forever concept album um, EP. And I thought, man, this is like a perfect thing to put on it. And I was joking with my producer Smith curry in nashville who who said that that when i was recording left field he was like you should do center field and everybody was laughing because it was a joke and i sat back and i was like maybe that's a actually a really good idea like i love the song and it's perfect for the ex exactly what a, we were just talking about the baseball canon of, of songs and so we did and and he heard it and which was wild and I guess not a lot of people have covered it over the years, but yeah, he heard it and he sent me like this message and um, he just said pretty much like keep rocking. And that was, I mean, I didn't think he was going to hear it. I didn't think he was going to like it. I don't know. I was worried he was going to be mad because I covered his song. Like, and he seemed like he liked it. And I mean, I tried to really like, we talked a little bit about genre before. I'm, I consider myself a country singer, country rock kind of vibe, but I wanted to put my own personal spin on that song. 
like he has his version is iconic and it's huge and awesome song but i wanted to make it brian ruby and we bumped the tempo up we added a couple <laughs> a few extra guitars uh because that's what i like and um uh, we got like a all-star group of musicians here in nashville to to do the song and with me in the studio and um i added a key change at the end so i was like really tried to respect the original but put my own little spin on it and make it different in my own kind of way something i could be proud of and that both pays tribute to the the original songwriting in the song but gives it a little fresh spin so yeah that was it, it's in the middle of the ep we put it smack dab in the middle because it's like put me in coach i'm ready to play and and perfect kind of high energy thing to continue the story when you chose the order tell me about that order and why you opened with the opener and why you closed it with the closer yeah um so to be honest i was not the one who picked the order oh um i my good buddy chad sellers who was my primary co-writer on this project um a great great songwriter um who actually passed away a few months ago oh my gosh i'm so sorry and um one of the last talks that we had before he passed away was the order of the album or the ep and I was really struggling because I had scripted it out in like three different possible orders and none of them felt right to me. The songs felt out of order and just didn't gel. And I said, Chad, will you take a shot at this and see what you can come up with? And he came up with the order and I was like, that's right. And tragically, I mean, um, he's no longer with us, but I was able to do a little tribute song for him um which was a, a nice sad but nice little moment at my debut ep release show this past friday here in nashville and um you know i felt like he was he was there in spirit and a huge part of all of my work so yeah wow i am first of all so sorry for your loss but how how beautiful that he will forever be an integral part of this EP. You know, he yeah. left his mark uh, in that order because the flow is um, is really beautiful. And it does feel like, um, you know, you watch a movie and it has a beginning, middle and end, right? And and it's a visual. And and with this, when I was listening to it last night, it, it did have a beginning, middle and end. It was, and it was like a movie, for my ears it means a lot to hear because i i feel like sadly not a lot of people like listen to albums anymore i know in order you I know, know. And it's all singles and with streaming and, it's and that shuffle damn board. shuffle button on spotify do not press the shuffle button re listen yeah. to an ep or an lp in the order that it was supposed to be because there was you know because there's a reason i mean do a shuffle if you're going to create a playlist list of course but like but um you know Amen. i i listened to it in order and and it's and it is very important it's very important 
I do the same thing with artists that I like their music. I, I try to listen in order, like the way the artists want it. And I know that 99% of people, that's not what they're going to do, but, but it it's cool to, and I did that. I, I tried to script it out like as a story and, um, you know, it's, it's amazing that, um, that we pulled it off and I mean, people seem to be liking it so far and I know we just released it it's early, but again, a lot of the credit goes to my friend, Chad, who was writing the songs with me. And before he passed away, he was getting his own music together mm -hmm. to release in 2024. Um, and I've kind of taken up the mantle of trying to push that music through and yeah. working on, it's going to take some time, but um, working on trying to finish that up for him and release it i think his songs are important the world needs to hear them he's a super talented songwriter um and my 2024 my early 2024 project is going to be trying to get those out that's great and definitely you need to come back here and mm -hmm. we will be talking about that because that's yeah. let's let's keep that going and keep his memory alive so for sure um let's right now you heard it here you're coming back once that project is ready to be released but in terms of everything else for you so you you've made this uh transition from uh closing out the baseball uh, full force with uh country um the ep is now out uh your charity is running and doing its thing so where what do you do now we're releasing a christmas song now <laughs> we're we're getting a christmas song together it's i don't know when this episode's going to air but it's coming out on the song was released on november 10th it's called it's a wonderful life and i'm going on tour and i got about seven uh tour dates from early december through through the holidays that's that's what's next in the interim in the immediate future and then after that looking in 2024 my friend's album and my yeah. my next EP I'm already thinking about what I want to do next and what I want to say and uh the road is open like it's an open yes. field and it's and it's time to time to go and open and... fields we've got more baseball on Tundras. <laughs> yeah. that was not on purpose <laughs> that was not on purpose <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have a few love songs that I want to sing, you know, yeah. and maybe for Valentine's Day if I can get it together in time. Um, I I'm I got some ideas, so so we'll see. That's great. Well, I am so excited. I'm so excited to hear the love songs. I've I've really enjoyed Diamonds Are Forever, and I hope everyone gets a chance to um really uh to listen to it. Uh, where spotify obviously but are there other places where people can find it yeah pretty much everywhere um you can look uh apple music itunes amazon music deezer soundcloud the list goes on youtube <laughs> youtube music yeah or if you if you're in doubt uh you can i mean if you click on my uh profile on social media instagram facebook you you could you'll be taken to a link where you can play it on whatever if in doubt, just Google it. Brian yes. Ruby, Diamonds Are Forever. Brian with a Y, Ruby with a Y. You hopefully you'll be able to find it. Uh, but th that's a good thing about getting music out these days. You don't have to go to a store and buy it. You can pretty much just find it 
online. Yeah. Um, and listen and, to it in order. Listen to it in order yeah. is what I say. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, have a great tour. Amazing. Please come to LA. Would love to see you live in, and, and in action and then say hi in person. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll have you back when, uh, when your friend's album is ready to go. Brian, awesome. thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a good one.